Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. I said before, my name is Dominic Insinius. We are, we're actually wrapping up a series today called Spiritual Detox. And what we've done over the last few weeks is we've talked about a few different ideas, a few things that we think about or uh, concepts that we have spiritually that could potentially be toxic to our spiritual growth. We started off this series talking about how, and we started off the year talking about how you don't need a guru. You don't need an expert telling you how to live, what to say, what to do. It can be very dangerous if we look for experts. And I know from personal experience, because I am constantly on the lookout for more experts to tell me how to live my life. Where should I invest? Bitcoin. It's always Bitcoin. Everybody, it's always crypto. Always crypto. I don't even know what that means, but you have to invest in crypto. And we, and we spent a few weeks talking about how we're going to get things wrong. So if we're always trying to get things right, we miss out on what being wrong does for our growth. Last week, our, our friend Crystal, she brought a, a, a message talking about our spiritual indifference and how it's tough to make a difference in our life or make a difference in our faith if we are indifferent to the things around us. And so what I want to do today is I, I want to kind of wrap this up talking about the rules, the rules of your religion, the rules of your faith. Now, I know we're all in the same room right now. We're all listening to the, to the same thing right now, but we all grew up with different rules, different rules of going to church or when to go to church or what time to get ready. And whether you're all mad at each other or not, we walk in like we're all loving each other. Remember that? All the fighting in the car. You guys are probably fighting on the way here. Typical. It's not, it's not typical Christians, that's just human beings, okay? We had different rules growing up. I remember when, uh, when I was growing up, I was so excited to get my driver's license. Is anybody just like counting down the days before they got their driver's license? I mean, I was, I was pumped. And my parents, y'all remember this? My parents, oh, my parents are up here. My parents, they let me uh, skip school uh, the day I turned 16 to go to uh, the, is it DMV or DPS? It's DMV, right? DMV. Uh, I just haven't been in so long. Um, to go to the DMV to get my driver's license. And my, uh, my grandfather had given me a car. I don't know if he gave it to me. My parents probably paid for it and then said they gave it to me. Uh, they, he gave me this car. It was a 1974 Cadillac Eldorado, and it looked, it looked like this. It looked like this. <laughs> there it is. And these are all my girlfriends in there. This is exactly what it looked like. Not as nice. Uh, it was a little, but it was this long boat of a car. And it even had this little skirt. See this little, like, little skirt over the tire? It had that. And if you know anything about Cadillacs, you know that these, they never stay. Does anybody know anything about Cadillacs and know that these are always wasted away? Okay, a few people. 
And I had the top down all the time. It was cold, top down. I would have the top down so much, I'd wake up in the middle of the night, it was raining outside, top was down, I'd run out, put the top up. You know, I was 16, I didn't care. I wonder why they charge 16-year-olds higher insurance. Probably because they don't care. But I remember turning 16, and I had my license, and I had this, and all of a sudden, all the rules of where I could go after school were different. I remember coming home and saying, hey, can I go visit my friend Scott? And my parents were like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go then. And they were like, yeah, go ahead. I'm like, well, here I go. Is anybody going to dare me to go see my friend? And so the rules changed, but then there was new rules. Okay, you can drive, but you got to be home by, anybody? By midnight, got to be home by midnight. Is this me? You want to swap it? Got to <laughs> This is the power that my wife wished she had control over me all the time. It's mute, stop. That's enough. All right, I'm going to keep going. Let me know if we need to change it. So I had to be home by midnight. The new rules were you got your own car. You can do whatever you want. Be home by midnight. Not on a school night. Be home by 10. Be home by 10 on a school night. Midnight. And I was always so bummed about this midnight rule. I thought only, only, only the nerds, the dweebs, have to be home by midnight. All the cool kids stay out as late as they want, right? And I would hear, you know, well, nothing good happens after midnight, Dom. Nothing good happens after midnight. And the older I get, the more I know that's just not true. So many fun things happened after midnight. <laughs> uh, that's a, that was a joke. For the purposes of this uh, sermon, that was a joke. So I remember the rule, and then finally, I begged for the rule to change so I could be, stay out till 1 a.m. So my parents let me stay out till 1 a.m., and I found out everybody had to be home by midnight, not just me. So I was by myself from midnight to 1 a.m. The rules change. What about for y'all growing up? Did the rules change? As you get older, the rules are different. So rules are there at a certain time. They're there for a certain reason, but eventually the rules change. Now, I don't know. I've never asked my parents why I had to be home by midnight. But when Corbin, our son, when he was getting older and he got his car, my natural instinct, guess what the rule was? What time did he have to be home? Midnight. Got to be home by midnight. I don't know why. That's just the rules. I don't make them up. <laughs> my mom made them up. And her mom probably made them up before her. <laughs> we have rules that have served us at one point in our life, but when do we take the time to say, I wonder, why are we doing it that way? Why, why, are, we, why are we approaching life this way? Now, I, I don't want you to get out of this message that rules are bad or rules are inherently a, a, a negative thing because they're not. A good friend of mine always says, structure brings freedom. If you know the rules, you can play the game. If you know the rule, and no one wants to know the rules more than old Domber, I love to know the rules of a game. So much that we're not going to have any fun playing the game at all because we're going to make sure that everybody's following the rules. So I wonder for you growing up, what rules did you have? Many of you are still... In the middle of some rules right now, rules can seem unfair if you don't know the why behind them. Rules can seem unfair, but if we follow a rule long enough, 
If we follow a rule long enough, it just becomes second nature. You know, what's interesting is I love following the rules when it comes to a game, but outside of like a board game or something like that, everything outside of that, as soon as someone tells me a rule, is anyone else like this? I mean, is this just like the toddler in me? If someone's like, hey, when you go in there, just make sure you don't touch that red button. I'm like, oh my gosh. Why, why, why would you tell me that? You know what I mean? Okay, you can stay out till midnight, but not a minute more. 12.00.59, got it. There's something about rules that can either get us really amped up and we're excited and we're on the right path, or there's something about rules that make us want to make us want to rebel against them. There's that little bit of a rebellious spirit. Okay, I am going to ask for hands. Does anybody else have a little bit of a rebellious spirit in them like I do? A few. Okay, the rest of you just aren't putting your hands up. That's okay. You have to raise your hands now. <laughs> one, of the, one of the easiest ways my wife can trigger me is she'll say, you know what you should do? And I'm like, don't ever in your life tell me what I should do. Why do we do that to the people we love? We just, we trigger them. You know what I mean? Why do we do that? I don't know. This is marriage counseling now. Can you guys help me out? Why do I do that? <laughs> What I want to do today is I want to, I want to read a verse that's uh, out of the book of Matthew. Now, if you're not familiar with the Bible, it's no worries. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four of the Gospels. They're called Gospels, uh, the accounts of Jesus on earth. These are the stories where people interacted with Jesus. We get to hear some of the things that Jesus said, what he was recorded as saying. And in this particular part of this story, of, uh, uh, of the story of Jesus according to Matthew, this particular part, people were always trying to trap Jesus. And maybe you can imagine, you have, you have someone walking around saying they are the son of God, the son of man. You have someone coming around who is forgiving people's sins. And a lot of the religious people, like, like this doesn't make any sense. You, you can't just forgive people's sins. That is God's job. Only God can forgive sins. And there's this man, Jesus, who's walking around saying, you're forgiven, you can walk now, you can see, you're not sick anymore. And so the religious people were like, hey, this is, this is not okay, man. You can't just be rogue walking around doing whatever you want. There are rules and procedures in place for these things to happen. Jesus was always breaking the rules. There was a big rule, you don't heal on the Sabbath. You don't do anything on the Sabbath. The Sabbath was a day of rest. And, and the people back then, and many people now, they take the Sabbath day very seriously. You do nothing. And for some reason, Jesus, maybe he had a little toddler in him too. Little, can you imagine a little toddler Jesus running around? I don't know what he would, he would be like. The terrible twos, more like the holy twos, you know, for Jesus. I don't know what it was. But Jesus, what he would do is he would, there are so many stories of on the Sabbath, Jesus would heal people. And everybody would go crazy. Not, they wouldn't go crazy because he healed somebody. They would go crazy because he did it on the Sabbath. He's not following the rules. You got to follow the rules. And I think a lot of us live our life. And maybe we don't live our life, but maybe when you walk into this place or you walk into a church, it all starts to come back to you. 
It all starts to come back to you, the rules that you were taught when you were a kid, the rules that you were taught a few years ago. Here's, here's the way we do this, the way you're supposed to pray, how you're supposed to do church, what you're supposed to think about God, what you're supposed to think about your neighbor. There's all these rules that we have. So what I want to do is I want to read Matthew 22. And this is some religious people who were trying to trap Jesus. Try to, get, try, to, try to get him to say something that's wrong, that goes against what they think. So they can say, aha, see? He's not God's son. Aha, see? He's not doing the right thing. So check this out. Verse 34, I'm going to read here. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, when he had, you know, shut up some other people that were trying to trap him, they called a meeting to discuss how to trap Jesus. Then one of them, a religious scholar, posed this question to test him. He said, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Now, if you don't know a bunch about the Bible, the Jewish people back then, they had a ton of laws. Over 600 laws. And you might know a few of them. They're the Ten Commandments. Now, just, just for reference, the Ten Commandments... The Ten Commandments were not something, according to what we're, we're, we're told here, what's written here, the Ten Commandments were not something that, that a group of very wise men and women sat around a table and said, what should be our Ten Commandments? What are some good philosophies to live by? Let's workshop it, let's figure it out, let's write it down, and we'll deliver it to the people. Then you could say, wow, these are, these are, some, these are, some, these are some good laws Interesting laws, interesting philosophies, but they didn't come from God. They came from people who were inspired by God. But the Ten Commandments, if you don't know the story, were chiseled in stone by God, given to Moses. Moses brought them down, these two stone tablets, with the Ten Commandments on them and told them to the people. That is, that is directly from the horse's mouth. If that, is that still a phrase? Matt, Matt would know. I mean, that, that's, that's directly from God. And now this person who's trying to trap Jesus, he says, okay, Jesus, you know so much. Out of all the laws of Moses, which commandment is the greatest? Which one's the best? Which one should we pay attention to? Watch what Jesus says. This is verse 37. Jesus answered him. He said, love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. This is the great and supreme commandment. Watch this. You must love, oh, I'm sorry, and the second is like it in importance. You must love your friend. Another translation says neighbor. You must love your friend slash neighbor in the same way that you love yourself. Contained within these commandments to love you will find all the meaning of the law and the prophets. Hold, hold, hold right here. Contain within these commandments, Jesus is saying, in these two things, these commandments to love, you will find all the meaning of the law and the prophets. Because it might be interesting to say, okay, well, Jesus is giving a new commandment. That means we don't need to worry about the Ten Commandments or all the other laws. Jesus is saying, here's what's most important so we don't have to worry about these other things. But what Jesus is saying here, what I, what I see that he's saying, 
is that if we're doing these two things, if we're doing these two things of loving God with every fiber of our being, and we're loving the people around us in the same way that we love ourselves, we are fulfilling all of the meaning of the law and the prophets. Jesus said, here's a bunch of rules over here, but instead of trying to memorize these rules, I want you to do two big things. Love God and love the people around you. It sounds so simple. And like many things that are so simple, it is not easy. It sounds so simple, and maybe it is simple, but it's not that easy. It's not always easy to love God with every fiber of our being. Because sometimes God does things that we don't like. Sometimes God does things that we don't understand. Sometimes God doesn't seem to hear a single prayer that we are praying. And sometimes it's easy to love God. Sometimes the people around us, sometimes it's easy to love the people around us. Sometimes people around us are mean or they drive slow or they're not moving out of the way fast enough or they think differently from us. See, rules, if you're going to take notes today, I want you to write this down or take a photo of the screen or however you live your life. I'm not trying to tell you how to do anything. Rules promise certainty from chaos, but faith can bring clarity in chaos. See, I think fundamentally we don't like chaos, and rules help us put chaos in its categories. Rules help us to put things in their place. Rules help us to create and maintain certainty. But faith, faith doesn't bring certainty. If something was certain, you wouldn't need faith. Faith is needed when there's chaos. Faith is needed when there's doubt. Faith thrives in doubt. Faith can bring clarity in chaos. So the chaos doesn't need to go away for us to spiritually grow. Rules will say the, the, the chaos needs to go away. In order to make progress here, we need to know the rules. But faith says, even if there's craziness, even if there's chaos, even if there's a mess, we can push forward because we're not relying on the rules to push us forward. We're relying on our faith to pull us forward. Some of the rules that we grew up with when it came to our faith, the name of this, this series is Spiritual Detox. So what I want, what I'm challenging you to do, what I want you to do is think through the things that you have been taught spiritually, religiously. What are the rules that you have been given early on in your journey of faith? Do those rules still serve you today? 
have you been doing them for so long that you forgot why you do them? There's this, uh, there's this story I read online this week. A young girl was um, preparing for Thanksgiving dinner with, with her boyfriend, and they were making five cakes to bring. It was, a big, it was a big family, so they were making five cakes, and every time they put a cake in the oven, they would put a pan of water with it. So a cake on this side of the oven and a pan of water on this side of the oven. And in her mind, she's thinking... Wow, this must be some, you know, fam- old family trick to make the cakes moist. No wonder they taste so good. This is going to be great. So they get all the cakes ready. They go to the party. They go to the Thanksgiving party. And, and she's talking to her boyfriend's mom, and she said, hey, hey we, we did all the cakes with the, the pan of water uh, in the oven as well. I was just wondering, is that, do you do that so the cakes stay moist. Does that help moisten the cakes? And the boyfriend's mom said, well, I did it because my oven racks were uneven and I had to distribute the weight. The weight had to be on the other side. So I don't, I don't know about this. I'm not a scientist, you know. How many things do we do because that's what we were taught and have never bothered to question it? Never bothered to put it out on the table and say, is this still what matters to me? Is this still what matters to me? You know, what's interesting is I was telling you earlier that when I would grow up, the rules change. Well, soon I was 18, then I became 21. And I don't know if anybody has ever been 18 or 21, but a lot, of, a lot of rules change for you when you're 18 and 21. 18, I was like, well, what can I do now that I'm 18? That is exactly how I think. Like, what are all the rules that are now different for me? Cigarettes? I'm going to buy all the cigarettes I can smoke. You know, I was putting dip in and smoking cigarettes and just making myself sick and nauseous. But I'm 18. This is what you do. You make yourself sick and nauseous. It's like when you're a kid and it's Halloween. You're like, this is the one night a year I can eat as much candy as I want. Overindulge. Rules change as you get older. But watch this. Rules start to go away. The rules that are enforced upon you. You see what I'm saying? When you're seven years old, there are certain, there's a, well, there's a lot of rules for a seven-year-old. I have rules for other people's seven-year-olds. You know what I mean? That's how rough it is for a seven-year-old. And you get older, and then the rules are a little bit less. You get older, and the rules are a little bit less. And when you start, you don't really notice as much. But the older you get and the less rules there are, you have to rely more on your responsibility. Jesus brought us freedom from rules. You see this? Jesus brought us freedom from all of the rules, but he empowered us to love others regardless of the rules. Rules tell you what to do. And if you know anything about me, I hate being told what to do. And if you've listened at all, maybe over the last couple of weeks or a couple of years, 
<laughs> Especially when I'll, like, anytime they ask me, anytime I'm asked to do the offering on a Sunday, I, I, I spend half the time, I spend half the offering saying, you don't have to if you don't want to. I'm almost talking you out of uh, being a part of the offering if you want to, because I am so, uh, I'm so against telling people what to do, because I hate being told what to do. And I think that's what makes what Jesus did so powerful. He says, because he moves from, here's what you have to do, to here's what you can do. You don't have to follow these rules. You just get to love people whenever you want to. All right, if you're taking notes, write this down too. Freedom means no rules, but it does mean more responsibility. Freedom means no more rules. Jesus brings, them free- Jesus brings us freedom. So that means, hey, there's no rules. You can do whatever you want. But it means you have to be more responsible with what you get to do. If anybody has raised a child before or is in the middle of raising children, you want to give them responsibility, right? You want, to, you, want to, you want to show them how to be responsible. You want to give them certain things to do around the house, maybe. So that's what happens when we grow up is rules start to go away, but that means our responsibility has to grow. Freedom brings responsibility with it, and that's how, that's how much we can understand how we manage our freedom, That's how we understand how to manage our freedom. And what I want for you today, what I want for you to, to take from this series, what I want for you to, to, to dig into, into your life, is to look at the way that you live your life. Look at the way that you approach your faith. Look at the way that you approach your religion. And I want you to, to challenge yourself to say, are these things still what I want? Are these, things, are these things that I do, are these rules that I have, are they in charge of me or am I in charge of these rules? Because I, I, I think you'll feel confined if the rules are in charge of you, right? If the rules are telling you what to do, then you're stuck. You're either obeying because you don't want to mess up or you're rebelling. There's no gray when there's rules, right? There's no gray in the area of rules. But if you own the rules, then now you're making a choice. I don't care if it's a rule that I do the dishes on Friday. I choose to do the dishes on Friday. So you can't tell me what to do. I'm already doing them. I don't care if it's a rule that I have to love people. I'm already loving people. I'm already taking care of the people around me. I'm already being kind when I can and apologizing when I'm not. I don't care if it's a rule that you pass in the left lane. I want to. Some of you don't pass in the left lane. I'm just saying this is a word from God to you. Just kidding. When we give ourselves an opportunity to choose love, to choose our faith, to choose how we approach relationships, to choose how we approach the people around us, 
Now the rules don't matter. We don't need rules because we become disciplined in our faith. We don't need to know the rules because we are pursuing our love for God. We are pursuing our love for the people around us. I think when Jesus brought us freedom, life became more complicated, more messy. Freedom is messy, but it's in the mess that we find connection. It's in the mess that we lean on each other. That's what this journey is. If Christianity, if faith, if religion was just a set of 12 rules, and as long as you follow these, you're good, have a good week, see you in heaven. If it were just that simple and that easy, we would not need to keep meeting every week. We wouldn't need to have connect group to talk out our faith, to talk things out and the struggles that we have. But freedom prompts us to do that. Freedom means that we are still figuring things out along the way. Freedom means that we don't know what's next, that we get to choose what's next. We get to choose our faith, choose our life. And I hope for you today that freedom doesn't scare you, that freedom isn't something that we back away from, that freedom is something that we step into, but we step into it together. If you could, I want to pray for you this morning. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes. Let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be together. Thank you that this faith isn't about one single person. It's about all of us together. God, I pray that we would approach our life, approach our marriages, approach our parenting, approach our friendships Not with, what are the rules for this? But what freedom do we have in this? I pray that we would use our freedom to love each other, to connect with each other, to be there for each other, to hope for each other. I pray that we would use our freedom to expect great things from the people around us and expect great things from you. We love you, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Evo Springtown. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Mm -hmm.